Good morning, and thank you for a warm welcome. It is a joy to be in Montreat, to be in your midst, and to preach this morning. Thank you for your thoughtful and inspiring worship, and for the warm hospitality I have experienced here in your midst. I bring you greetings from the Presbyterians in Washington, D.C. Yes, there are still a few of us up there. Our second lesson comes from 1 Samuel chapter 7. When the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mitzvah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the people of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. The people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us and pray that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord of Israel, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering up the burnt off offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel. But the Lord thundered with a mighty voice that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion, and they were routed before Israel. The men of Israel went out of Mitzpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzvah and Jashana and named it Ebenezer. For he said, thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The towns that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Ekron to Gath, and Israel recovered the territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Philistines approached the Israelites with the intention to divide and conquer. They had been making their way through their land, capturing their towns and claiming their homes as Philistine property. The Israelites were badly outnumbered and morale was low amongst their troops. Samuel had been serving as a judge over Israel for many years, and he knew this was a crucial time for the Israelites. If they did not step up now, all could be lost. So Samuel prayed to God that somehow God would help them endure. And miraculously, as the Philistines were approaching the place where the Israelites had their base, they became confused. They seemed to lose their way, the terrain and the landscape turning them away. And as the Israelites realized what was happening to them, they mobilized their men and they went in pursuit 
of their attackers. They chased the Philistines from their lands and they reclaimed what had been taken from them. And when all was finished, Samuel returned to the place where the battle had been won and he placed a stone as, an Eben, as a marker and he called it Ebenezer from the Hebrew stone of help. The Lord had helped them. They had prevailed. They were grateful and they would never forget that day, that place, that divine intervention. I imagine the stone would have been carved with the dates and then the words of the Isaac Watts hymn, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Of course, Samuel's stone would have had different words or probably no words, but this same sentiment, this was a marker for all to see and all to remember that day. And from then on, the place with the stone was known as Ebenezer. We place markers and we raise Ebenezers in times of great joy, great sacrifice, great suffering, and great victory. We name park benches after loved ones. We name buildings after leaders. We name monuments after battles. Even this, the very stones of this building, Anderson Auditorium, were placed here so that others might worship the living God and come to know the power of Jesus Christ. These are Ebenezer's, placed by the calloused hands of the builders, envisioned by hopeful and courageous leaders and donated by generous and joyful Christians. Stones of help, pointers for all of us, lest we forget all God has done in this place. On the Princeton campus, there are bronze stars scattered across the buildings. Ever since 1920, the stars have been placed outside the dorm room windows which once housed students who lost their lives in service to the U.S. military. The stars are markers for all to see that remind us of their sacrifice and their service for God and country and for each of us. And these are things we never want to forget or take for granted. We raise Ebenezer's in our lives as recognition of gratitude, our need to remember, and reminders to those who follow after us. Samuel, as he set his marker that day, knew that his people needed to remember how they had been sustained in battle, how God had strengthened them and protected them. When their backs were against the wall, God had been faithful to them. This is something we each need to remember, and so we are called to raise our own Ebenezer's to the God who sustains us, to the God who supports us, and to the God who continues to guide us. Now, there are many ways in which people raise Ebenezer's in their lives. They get tattoos on their bodies with symbols or dates or names. 
They decorate grave sites with stones or carvings or flowers. They put scripture passages over their mantles or on their desks or in the taglines of their emails. They donate money. They set up foundations. They remember in their wills. All of these are ways in which people set down markers for themselves to remember how God has been their shelter from their stormy blast and to declare they hope God will be their eternal home. Each marker is a sign that we have not forgotten and we hope never to forget. It reminds me of the Jewish practice of placing a mezuzah on the doorframe of a household. A mezuzah is a piece of Hebrew scripture rolled and placed in a protective case, affixed to the doorframe so that whenever you enter or leave the house, you touch it and then you kiss your fingers as a way to show respect to Yahweh and to remember how God has always protected you. As Christians, we need these same kinds of reminders, both in big and small daily ways, that we might make our own acknowledgments to God and that we might set down markers for others. Now, I want to tell you the story today about a man who made a monetary pledge as a sign of raising his own Ebenezer. This man moved in important circles. He had power and authority in his community, and he was professionally very successful. Almost anyone who knew him knew he had great wealth. But this man also had issues of insecurity and shame. He felt small in crowds of people. He never quite felt like he fit in. He lived with many regrets, and he had far more enemies than friends. Largely, his life had been about making money and looking out for number one. And then one day, something very significant happened to him. He met Jesus Christ. Jesus came into his heart and in his home, and on that day, he pledged to give 50% of his money away, and furthermore, he would strive to right his wrongs. The man's name is Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in Jericho, and he would have been the least likely man in the entire city to give away any of his money, much less 50% of it. Yet Zacchaeus needed conversion. He needed to be called down from that tree and reunited with the values of generosity and hospitality and community. Things in his life had become way out of balance. He found his worth in his finances. He compromised his relationships for the sake of his profession. And he put his faith in his own ability to provide for himself. It's worth noting these are the same temptations that you and I wrestle with today. We put too much stock in the things of the world. We are fearful of putting too much trust in others. And we value our relationship with God when it fits into our schedules. When Jesus called Zacchaeus down from that tree 
and went into his house. He did not do it because he needed a place to stay or he needed a warm meal or he needed any of Zacchaeus' money. Jesus called Zacchaeus down because Zacchaeus needed Jesus. He needed to be saved from his own selfishness, his own coldness, his own demise. Jesus called Zacchaeus down from that tree and that single act of kindness and grace and inclusion was the transformative event in Zacchaeus' life. And he gladly welcomed Christ's invitation. Jesus on that day triumphantly declared, salvation has come upon this house for the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. On that day, the day Zacchaeus met Jesus and experienced salvation, he wanted to put down a marker. He wanted to never forget his conversion experience, and he wanted others to know that he had been changed by Jesus Christ. And so he raised an Ebenezer, and he pledged to give away 50% of his money, and everyone in the town knew something very significant had happened. Now, I know some of you are getting nervous. 50%, where is she going with this? Do not worry. I'm not here to give a stewardship sermon, although I'm sure Montreat would welcome your gifts. I am, however, going to encourage you to think about how you might create a marker as a sign of your conversion, as a sign of God's present influence in your life, as a marker that salvation in the form of Jesus Christ has come upon your house. If you were lost and are now found, then put down a marker so you never forget it. If faith in your life has made a difference to you and your family, then find a way to gratefully acknowledge it. If God has been a refuge and a rock for you, then joyfully respond with a marker for those who come after you. For Samuel's stone was not just for himself and for the soldiers who fought alongside him. That stone was for all the people who they would never get to tell the story of that epic battle. But the stone, the stone told the story the stone witness to God's faithfulness to them on that day. The church where I serve in Washington, D.C. has a stone with our seal carved on it in the front of courtyard of our church. And around the seal there are four dates. 1780, 1821, In 1780, the Georgetown Presbyterian Church was established. In 1821, they built their first church building. In 1873, they moved to their current location. And in 1956, they rebuilt the church. We like to boast of having the longest continuous ministry in in Washington, D.C. But when we boast, we boast in the Lord. For the Lord has been our cornerstone 
and our shelter from stormy blasts. And in 237 years of ministry, there have been some storms. And that seal and that rock, that serves as an Ebenezer for my congregation. That we might never forget how God has been faithful to us through the generations and how God is guiding us still today. Now all of you know that this week has been a difficult one for our country. And in these weeks, it is easy to lose hope and perspective. Our country right now is divided and anxious. Our country is brimming with tension and confusion. Our country is suffering from controversy from within and from all around us. The reality is that our world is changing in profound ways before our eyes, and in the midst of these seismic changes, we need guideposts. Right now, we need to turn to the signs set before us, which reminds us that the Lord has been faithful from one generation to the next. These markers, they give us courage, they give us hope that God will guide us in our own present perilous age. These markers are all around us if you start to look for them. They're in our churches, they're in our universities, they're in our towns, they're in our homes, they certainly are scattered throughout Montreat. They're on the benches of your pews. They are at the playground. They're surrounding the lake. They're on the paintings in the walls. These are markers set down before us by our ancestors, set before us by our pastors and our veterans and our parents and by strangers, men and women who wanted us to never forget that God is faithful that God will guide us if we trust in Him. Like a hiker looking for the next cairn of stones, so we look to these Ebenezers set before us by generations long ago, telling us of their faith, reminding us of God's goodness, and encouraging us to keep our feet grounded on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. And yet we also have a responsibility. In this tumultuous time in history, to set down our own markers as reminders for ourselves and as guideposts for those who come after us. In doing so, we declare that yes, even in 2016, in an election year, God has been our shelter from the stormy blasts. God is our hope for years to come. And God Almighty is our eternal home. And so let us raise our Ebenezer's and declare, hither by thy grace we come, and that we hope, by thy good pleasure, safely to arrive at home. Amen.